I'd like to start this episode off with a quick question for you guys, the audience. What do you do when you're trying to discredit something or someone? What do you do? Very simple. What would you think in your everyday life if you had someone who you were trying to discredit because they were trying to ruin your reputation and bring you down? What do you do? You focus on the parts of their lives that matter the most and you invest as much time, money, and resources into discrediting that part of their lives so that anyone from the outside perspective looks into that person you're trying to discredit, starts to believe that the person that you're attempting to discredit is going crazy, which is exactly what the Council of 13 has always done and continues to do. Now, you might think, okay... The Council of 13, didn't you kind of do an episode on this before? Like, sort of, maybe, the nine unknown, right? The Council of 13 is, by and in large, an extension of the nine unknown men. And I say this because there's a deep connection that is not coincidental between the bloodlines of very large families that have married into each other. And the interesting thing about this Council of 13 before I jump right into all of the deep connections that they have, is that the way in which they've structured themselves is not exactly unique because they're human like everybody else. And what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to bring these so-called mysterious figures down to our level. The most powerful tool that these so-called elites have is the tool, they have many tools at their disposal, unfortunately, but I think one of the best ones, if not arguably the best one, the best tool, is the tool of perception of reality as well as deception. What do I mean by that? People think that world leaders, celebrities even, and people along those lines, bankers, businessmen, uh, you know, people that are in the sort of social stratosphere, as we call it, above, you know, the regular person such as yourself and myself, people believe they're... They're sort of godly in a certain way, which is why if you look at, for example, the entertainment world, people worship celebrities like they're gods. In some cases, people have obsessions with singers, musicians, artists, you name it. And I'm not trying to disrespect or discredit the people that look up to certain celebrities and what have you, but I'm trying to have you guys understand the concept in which the way someone's mentality develops when they're looking up to someone. It starts off with, okay, I like this person, and then it goes into... Wow, I, I idolize this person. Then after that, it's I worship this person. And then after that, it becomes this person is literally like a god to me. And it could be in any case. I mean, there's people that view the, the current president that way. Uh, there's people that view celebrities, musicians that way, athletes that way, which is fantastic if you're setting a goal for yourself and you're trying to achieve that goal and you're using someone as a motivation. But the difference is, is that when you try to convince all of society that the elites, so to speak, are far more superior than you in a way that they almost have certain superhuman-like powers. You may not think that consciously, but subconsciously, that's what they've implanted into your, our minds. The idea that there's this big gap, this big separation between those at the top and those at the bottom, when in reality, we are all one and the same, which is why they don't want us to wake up. They don't want us to watch videos like this because they don't want us to begin to realize that they're just a human being. That's it. That they're human beings that possess something that we give value to and they just so happen to have more of it than we do. And I'm talking about money. So, let's jump into it. The Council of 13 
is a bloodline of 13 families around the world that have intermarried for multiple, multiple centuries and decades in order to continue an overall agenda. Now, here's the thing about the, thir- the Council of 13. They are not some secret people in the shadows that are pulling the strings and they're controlling every major world event. Not really. Because all they need to do, and I've said this before, all they need to do is control the parts of your lives that matter. All right? They don't need to stage massive events all the time. I mean, it does happen. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't put it past any type of um, group of people or institution to stage world events, but not every single event is orchestrated. So I'm not trying to imply that they control every little move, every little thing we see on the news, but they control the parts that matter. That's what counts. So there's 13 different bloodlines. And I'm not going to give the names, but if you check the link in the description, if you're watching on YouTube, you can check out the um, the, the names for yourself and you can see. But all I'm going to say is that they're major bankers, uh, major businessmen, politicians, um, and old families with old money, such as the British royals, that they're one of them, that come from long, long bloodlines of, of old money and old power, so to speak. And what's so interesting is that the CIA and the FBI, now, they have documents on this. And you can argue, well, okay, Dave, the, the CIA and the FBI will archive and document anything that's ever sent to them or anything that they find to be of importance. Fair enough. But if they didn't find this to be of importance, why has it been archived? Now, if you look up the Council of 13, it's going to be very difficult to find certain things. It took me days and days and days to put this together. Not only that, but it took me an extra day or two to just try to formulate in my mind how I would actually be able to translate it or broadcast this message. So here's the thing. The Council of 13, they convene once per year. We don't know where. We don't know what time of year. We don't know anything whatsoever. They convene, but they're in charge of multiple different things. Now, the differences between the Council of 13 and, say, for example, a a gang or a mob family, for example, is that a mob family is focused on power and money. So the concept behind that in the Council of 13 is very similar. But the difference is, is that each member of a family is put in charge of different parts of the world and different regions that are not officially recognized by other world leaders. And what happens is that they classify these regions into what they deem to be appropriate and important to them. So country borders don't matter to them. And that's the whole thing. That's that's the, the so-called secret behind it. If you dismiss the confines of the, the borders of countries and you see the world as one big globe, and you split it up into regions that you want to insert your influence into, that's all that matters to them. So, for example, they marry into different families and they ensure that they stay married within these families and these different bloodlines in order to not only maintain power and tradition and control and all that, but in order to keep a certain balance in the world. Now, what do I mean by balance? They have an understanding of spirituality that we as regular people don't. And I'm not saying that they're above us. I'm just saying that you can call them effed up, you can call them screwed up, you can call them wiser than us, who knows. But in a certain way, it's like they're playing 4D chess with other groups around the world. This Council of 13 is not the only group that controls many different things, but they are a significant group. Now, 
the Council of Thirteen has had many names over the years, whether it's Illuminati or, you know, the, the New World Order group or, or you name it. So that's not to say there are different groups. But what's happening is they control everything from entertainment all the way to, uh, believe it or not, alien-human hybrid um, experimentation, all the way to who's in charge of the CIA black sites. Now, what I want you guys to keep in mind and this is going to be more of me trying to explain this this concept rather than what these people actually do because it's very simple what they do what this episode focuses more on is trying to allow you guys to understand and i don't think i even fully understand but i i hope i uh, would understand enough to to do this episode right um to understand that there is a level of spirituality that these people understand similar to that of how the government understands or the military understands when making weapons that spirituality and science are intertwined, this is the same concept. So I'll give you a quick example. So if we take a look at the book, Bloodlines of Illuminati, which this is uh, the CIA has archived in their, uh, their system, by Fritz Springmeier, written in 1995, he says, and I quote, The Illuminati, this is what he refers to them as the Council of Thirteen, seeks to capture the occult power of powerful occult bloodlines around the world. They have intermarried with American Indians to gain the spiritual power resident within the leading spiritual American Indians. Various Indian reservations are used for very particular rituals. They have been doing this type of thing for thousands of years. Powerful families around the world participate on different levels. Some participate on a business level. Some participate in the philosophical level. Some participate in the intelligence level. So again, uh, end quote. So again, this is exactly what they try to do. They are a group of, of, of people, of families rather, that convene and make sure that things stay as balanced as possible and things stay off the record completely. Now, I'm not going to make this episode about human alien hybrids, but I need to connect it to a future episode that's coming. All I'm going to say is, with regards to that, this connects to Project Lace. So, just, just wait for that to come. With that being said, these families understand that when you control entertainment and propaganda, you control the people, essentially. When you control the mainstream media outlets, you control society, really. And when you control the internet, then there's no real freedom for anywhere else to go. And right now, the battle seems to be between the Council of Thirteen trying to influence major technology companies and things like that now i'm not trying to get political all i'm trying to say is whatever agenda they try to do that is their next frontier the internet has already allowed people to be more free and open than they would have wished initially that's all i'm saying and in a certain way it's sort of like it's there, there's a constant fight between good and evil in this particular case but anyways let, let's jump into it a little bit more so the theory behind this is that the council of 13 is the one that intermediates communications between different um, alien species and world governments they act as the sort of middleman so to speak between alien beings that want to further their own agenda in relation and in, in some cases in unison with ours but in order to speak to the rest of the world, they have to go through the Council of Thirteen. And the reason for this is because these aliens species, whichever race they are, the Greys, the Nordics, you name it, the Arcturians, whatever, they understand 
that they understand spirituality on a level far superior to us. And the Council of 13 has understood that. Now, the problem is this. The Council of 13 has understood spirituality in a more of a negative sense, so to speak. That lower vibrational entities could be manifested to help further their agenda. That's I'll get to that in a bit. That's That's more the paranormal side of things. But ultimately... These alien races understand that the Council of Thirteen is the middleman, and they do this because regardless of how ruthless they are, there's a sort of universal understanding between all these races that there's a sense of respect for other planets' leaders. And so what happens here is that they communicate something to the Council of Thirteen, but then the Council of Thirteen is literally, they convene and they discuss how they want to interpret that message and how they want to broadcast that to other world governments. And so it's almost like... For example, when you sell your house, you have a real estate agent. The Council of Thirteen is the real estate agent, so to speak. Could these alien beings kind of go behind the Council of Thirteen's back and, and talk to other world leaders directly? Yes, but it would cause a rupture and an, and an imbalance of things that would set both parties, which is these alien races and the Council of Thirteen, set it back that it wouldn't be in the benefit of either party or either side. So they decide to continue to communicate through the Council of Thirteen. Now, this is one of the reasons why people say all the time, how come we haven't seen aliens or things like that? How come there's no communication? They haven't come to us. Some people claim that they've come to them in their dreams or through a spiritual sense, but that is because the Council of Thirteen has such an ability and influence over the world, whether it's third world countries, developing nations, or first world nations, developed nations, that there's no way you can get a message across to say, for example, even leaders within the um, in military industrial complex who are supposed to be the so-called top of the top, they have one more level above them, and that is the spiritual level, the Council of Thirteen. Now, getting back to what I was saying before about the paranormal side of it, the Council of Thirteen understands that if you can manifest energy in a certain focused area, Utilized in a sort of spiritual weapon in a certain sense, you can influence the emotions of people. And the Council of Thirteen has broken down, and I haven't been able to find this map, unfortunately, but they allegedly have a map that has broken down different spiritual um, anomalistic occurrences around the world where emotions could be influenced more easily in people. And this is where it gets interesting. So what they'll do, say for example, they need a particular banker to come to negotiate on a deal for them, or they need something to be done, and this banker has to make a deal with a businessman, but the banker doesn't want to comply. Or either side, they, they just don't want to do a deal. But the Council of 13 realizes it's in the betterment of their agenda for it to be done. What will they do? They will use, through their bloodline, through their descendants, their so-called, I guess you could say, soldiers or operatives, like sort of in uh, the way a mob family works, how they have, it's a pyramid scheme and how they have like, you know, the soldiers do the dirty work at the bottom. Except this time around, the Council of Thirteen's so-called soldiers or, or people who do the quote-unquote dirty work are simply people that are, you know, dressed in a suit and tie that will convince the banker to meet with the businessman in a place of uh, on the earth where there is more of a spiritual ability to influence that banker's emotions. If you can influence the banker's emotions, you can influence his will. You influence his will, you influence his decision-making. And if you influence his decision-making, then you get the deal done, which is what the Council of Thirteen would need. And this is what the Council of Thirteen understands that we don't. And what do they do? 
going back to the beginning of the, of this episode, they invest boatloads of time and money through deals that they've made. For example, they take a percentage of that deal that I just gave an example of, like the banker and the businessman, and they obviously they pocket the money themselves, but they allocate some of that money towards investing in discrediting the whole conspiracy theory thing, which is why some people who are watching this video right now are listening. They may have clicked away or they may have clicked off or, or what have you, but and, and that's fine. So be it. But for those that are still watching and listening, I respect and appreciate it because you can see that they understand there are certain spots around the world that are ener uh, electromagnetically energized to influence emotion. It's just the way it is. You ever go into a haunted house? And then have a crazy paranormal experience and all of a sudden your emotions are drained out of you and you just kind of cave in to whatever uh, whatever's trying to subdue you. It's that same idea, except on a far more advanced level. And you may think, okay, this is ridiculous and all that. But when you look back at some of my previous episodes where I discuss the merging of science and spirituality, it really isn't that odd or that out there. So, for example... If we look at the Skinwalker Ranch or Area 51, these are all locations, or the Bermuda Triangle, these are all locations that are electromagnetically charged more than other areas. For example, there are certain parts of California that are extremely electromagnetically charged that just so happen to have paranormal um, occurrences way more often than other places of California. And the same applies in many different areas of not just the country, but the rest of the world. And so this is what the council does. So to say that they orchestrate every little thing that happens in the world, excuse me, I think would be a little bit unrealistic. But to say that they have people meet in certain places around the world in order to get business deals done who are reluctant, but they use the energy within that area to be, I guess you could say, convincing, that's a whole other thing. So for example... Again, I, I keep repeating myself in this sense, but I, I, I have to bring it up. In the case of Epstein, a lot of his deals were done within his houses. It's been said he didn't like to leave his house as well as with, on his private island and things like that. Why? He had spiritually charged uh, rituals and things like that done so that when people and businessmen came to his house, they were more emotionally inclined to lean towards uh, what he was asking them to do and to accepting to be accepting of the task he would ask of them. And I'm not speaking about, unfortunately, the, 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 the poor girls that he, he molested and all that. I'm speaking of the business side of it. And so when you look at all of this, what you'll see is that it's sort of like one big, I guess you could call mob family operating. Because again, they're only human, these people. They're not like, there's nothing special about them. Do they have knowledge far beyond us? Absolutely. But at the same time, they're, all, they're only human. So their advanced level of thinking only goes so far to a point where if we were privy and we, were, uh, we had access to the knowledge that they do, there would be no difference. And that's why, like I said at the beginning of this episode, they try to create that gap between them appearing to be far above us and on a far superior level for many reasons. And this is one of them. So please, let me know what you guys think. I want to know your guys' opinions on this perspective and the way in which they use spirituality and, sort of, and science at the same time to energetically charge and influence people in order to take over businesses, uh, countries, reign over territories where country borders don't apply to them. And that's about it. So thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.